Amen. Hey, tell, tell, tell your neighbor how many points the Chiefs are going to beat the Titans today. The Texans, the Texans. Before you're seated. I mean, I think that's a fair prayer because we all know that the Chiefs are Jesus' favorite team, so. <clears throat> I always miss Sean. He'd give me a loud shout whenever we talk about the Chiefs. Hey, welcome to the Hill this morning. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, who enjoys this fall weather that we've been having? I mean, it's like a, we went from 90 to 30 in about 12 hours, and I don't like it. So, um, but it's it's okay. Hey, we're gonna continue our um, our series um, more than a song uh, today, and uh, we have a special guest, and I'm super excited about it because um, you see that the, the the great part about being a part of four different campuses and locations is that. Um, we get to experience that through um, guest speakers, and yet it's a guest speaker, but they're still a part of our family. And uh, I love the fact that we have such a large family that we don't even get to see because there's people worshiping in uh, three other services this morning, one last night, and now us this morning as well. And uh, collectively, uh, we are affecting the kingdom for the better every single service, and God is showing up, and it's more than just us. And so, uh, today, I am I'm honored and I'm privileged um, that that Anthony is going to, to come and speak for us. He's from uh, Lamar, but he attends our Nevada campus, and uh, he helps out in, in more ways than we've got time to talk about. He's a phenomenal guy, uh, an excellent communicator, and I'm so thankful for Amber and Anthony this morning. Thank you for being here. Anthony, you come up and uh, give him a warm welcome from the, the Bolivar campus, as we know how to do. Stay here, stay here, stay here, Glenn. All right, Pastor Bo asked me this morning if we could do something a little bit of um, recognition for Pastor Clinton and his amazing wife, Ashley. I don't know if you know this, but October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I will, that's right, come on, come on. Now, here's what I will say. All throughout the year, um, the, the, the Senior Hill leadership at the Hill, they do all sorts of things to support the campus pastors, but October is a month that you guys get to give back. So I know this, we've got the give back box there. Anything that you guys want to be able to just donate and jump in and help with, with Clinton and Ashley, this is an amazing opportunity to do it. But I know this, one of the best things we can do and just over and above in the month of October is to just cover them, surround them with prayer. Amen. You guys up with that? So can we just do that right now? So let's do it, everyone right now. Let's just pray for Clinton and Ashley. Father, right now, I thank you for the gift from heaven that they are, and I thank you that you have launched them like an arrow on fire in this place. Father, that the fire of God has been burning in their hearts to see those that have been lost, those that have been left behind. Father, that they get to connect and encounter with the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would strengthen in an anointing of just, uh, I just see like double portion, double anointing of just freedom. That whenever Clinton and Ashley and people come into their life, when people come into their home, that there's a level of freedom that they might have heard about or dreamed about, but they get to encounter an experience when they come into their inner circle. Father, I just ask that you would continue to give them favor, even in new avenues that they're pursuing, even in new ventures that you're launching into. Father, that you would just give them supernatural favor, supernatural connections. And Father, right now, I just break off any weariness, 
any weariness or things that just weigh on pastors when we're trying to dream with God, dream bigger than our beyond ability, beyond our ability to connect with God's ability of what he wants to do in this area, in this region. Father, I just ask that you would every single morning give them a fire that just, <laughs> just puts the joy of the Lord as it is our strength in their hearts to just do every single glorious thing that you've called them to. And Father, I thank you for Clinton and Ashley. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So once again, my name is Anthony Jones. Thank you guys so much for having me here. I'm a part of the Nevada leadership team, and I've been on a wild, crazy ride that God's had me on for about 11 years now. So let me give you just a little bit of snapshot because it kind of ties in to what Pastor Bo, can you do this? Just give someone a high five and say, I'm glad you're here. Come on. Let's have a little fun. Let's go. I like it. All right. So here's the deal. I, <laughs> come on. All right. So I grew up like just having this amazing role model of a grandfather. He was one of those outstanding guys that just everyone loved. He had that way of just making everyone in the room feel loved, but he was known for business. If you ever drive up I-49 going from Lamar up north Nevada, you'll see this billboard on the highway with like a 17-foot western bling-bling boot on it. Um, there's a company in little old Sheldon, Missouri called Jones Boots. Uh, I am little Jones. That's one of my family businesses, but my grandfather also started a couple other businesses along the way. So I've been able to grow up and see the impact that my grandfather and my family has been able to make in the business realm. And it was one of those things that always inspired me. So when I grew up and I went to college, that was my pursuit. I wanted to get into the business world. And then a little bit of the way through, God did this crazy thing where I literally have one year left of college and he goes, hey, I know you have this plan, I got a way better plan. And it was way different than everything else that I expected and was planning on. He goes, I actually need you to leave the college that you're at in Arkansas, go transfer to Springfield, because I'm going to have you help plant a church in Reed Spring. And I'm like, no, God, I'm, I'm going to do the business thing. I, I've got this plan over here. I've got my plans. And then you just hear Holy Spirit laugh. <laughs> and what he begins to do... Is, is he begins to, to put this call on my life that I was super excited for, that I was going to be able to go and help plant a church and help lead people to Jesus and connect Jesus. And this thing was just absolutely exciting. The anointing of God was there and powerful things happened. But then we got, and then God ended up calling me from Reed Spring back to Lamar where I was doing associate pastor and youth pastor work there. But then this thing happened that it felt like when I was called to ministry and pastor, that I was doing the greatest work that God could call me to. I had a microphone. I had a platform. People would listen. And I, I, I felt like this is the greatest thing that I can do on this earth. And then God goes, Anthony, I need you to go back into the business realm. what? <laughs> and I will tell you what he began to do is he began to put a dream in my heart at what business can be, at what the beauty and the calling and the purpose of what work was designed to be. Because there was this thing in me that I was like, God, I can build the kingdom so much on a platform with a microphone. And he goes, you only get to impact someone for an hour a week. 
I want to launch you in a place that you get 40 hours of being in their lives, of working with them, doing culture with them, building family with them. Because listen, I believe this. I literally think we have missed, I don't want to say missed, I think we don't see the fullness of the church. First off, let's be very, very clear. This awesome, amazing building and everyone that had a part in turning this building into this, oh my goodness, I applaud you. It is beautiful. It is awesome. And whoever is in the outside crew holding the signs up, I'm telling you right now, you guys are absolutely incredible. Like seriously, round of applause. Because here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. One of the most powerful things that can happen that people come here to encounter Jesus, but here's what you guys have set up here. And I, and I literally think it is on fire here at Bolivar. Literally, when a person shows up in the parking lot, you start getting an atmosphere. You start feeling something different. What do you mean it is freezing cold and there's a guy out there in the orange vest saying, come on, let's go. It's like he's already worshiping, telling me where to park. He's fired up. You are immediately building an atmosphere of heaven that we get to walk into and experience. Then you come in here and the smell of coffee. Everyone's greeting you. Donna and her husband are just going absolutely crazy for Jesus. It's fantastic. And then they come in here and they get to hear the word. Miracles happen. Souls are saved. But I will make the statement that happens because the atmosphere has been set by every single person along the way. Does that make sense? I coach flag football. My son, he's in first grade. We had a great game on Saturday. It was the first time he scored a touchdown, and he got this look in my eye, and in front of all the parents and all the kids, he yells, Dad, I scored a touchdown! And I go, I know, shh! <laughs> because the team scored the touchdown. Because every person had a part in what happened on that play. And every single one of you have a part on setting the atmosphere that happens in this place that Holy Spirit and Jesus can be revealed and encounter and change hearts and change lives. But here's the deal. If we believe that the kingdom of God is called to be built just in a building, then I believe we've actually... I don't want to say missed it, but we are, God wants to, to give you this much. God wants to give you a huge drink of water and you want un, one itty bitty drop of it. So here's what I mean. This building right here, it is a church, but I want you to point to your neighbor and say, you're the church. Now point to your other neighbor and say, you're the church. Now here's where it gets exciting. Take that same finger and point it at yourself. And say, I am the church. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're talking about today. I'm going to tell you right now. Bo called me, and I know we're doing this series about more than a song. And then he goes, Anthony, I want you to talk about work is worship. And I was like, bro, anything you want me to do with worship is going to be a catastrophic disaster. I've got two instruments. It's my finger that pushes a button, and like I can throw a rock fist or a hand in the air. That's all I got. That's my instruments. I can be loud, but it ain't pretty when I got to sing a song. So, <laughs> but then he began to break down. He goes, Anthony, I know your testimony. I know what God has laid on your heart and the impact that he's been able to use you and the team around you with work and the significance that we're going after. And he goes, I just want you to share about it. So that's what I'm doing today. So we're talking about work is worship, but that's what Bo told me to title it. 
but Holy Spirit said something else. So I went with that. So what we're titling today is da, 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 heavenly assignments, right? That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Okay. So first I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you a heavenly assignment that God gave me in the business realm that I'm going after with everything in my fiber, everything in my being. I don't know if that even makes sense, but we're going with it. Everything in my being. There is this thing in our society that is mountains of influence. Okay, there's several books written, articles written. It's been kind of a common theme in a lot of churches for the last several years. These are mountains in society that carry significant influence that dominate the way our culture, the way our country, the way that we do things. One of them, for example, is education. How we think, view education is a significant influencer in society. One of them is politics. One of them is entertainment. Does the entertainment world influence our society? Absolutely. Hey, John, I love that you're going after the mountain of influence of entertainment because God has a higher way and a better way of releasing it and transforming the power that entertainment carries on this earth. And we need giant killers that are willing to go after that mountain and transform to show what God can do with. And I'm so thankful for you, brother, for going after it. With that being said, I mean, give John a round of applause. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. Now I'm going to tell you one of the other things, the church, religion, is an area of influence. It influences society. Now, the sad thing is I don't think religion and the church has been super effective in influencing the society in the way that we can. And you know who's someone that I absolutely love that is one of the crazy mountain charger climbing people that I've ever met? His name's Bo Norman. Have you ever heard of him? Like some people are like, okay, I just want to build the best church that I can. And Bo's like, you big weenie. I want to build a hundred of them for Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because religion is a mountain of influence. And God designed that influence to be able to change and transform not just Bolivar, but this entire region. And Bo and his heart has begun to catch this glimpse of what God can do in this area. And then there's these crazy people that are like, yeah, Bo, let's do it. That sounds great. Come on. Um, so Bo is going after this mountain of influence of religion. One of the things that God has laid on my heart that I am passionate for. Now, let me say, I relate to Bo and I think I relate to John in this. We absolutely want the glory of God and to make Jesus famous on this mountain of influence. And if you would ask us, do we know exactly how to do it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but are we going to try? And are we going to trust God, the same God that showed David exactly what needed to be done to slay the Goliath? 100%. So the thing that he's laid on my heart is the business realm of influence. See, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people call the kingdom of God the upside down kingdom because it literally operates and it, 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 is, it reveals heaven in a completely different way than man's ways and the world's ways. Faith and what faith opens up in your life does not work in the same way that man's wisdom does. Okay? If you want to get ahead at work, if you want to be successful in life, it says you shove everyone else out of the way and you go be number one. It is competitive. You do whatever it takes. And then here's this kingdom of God. 
That's saying if you just serve the least of these, if you're just faithful with the little, I will make you ruler over much. It's this completely different concept. And here's what I've learned. I think there are lots of churches right now that are learning these principles. And they are transforming our lives by the understanding of the kingdom of God, heaven's ways, what faith opens up. And I think we're learning to do it in the church, but are we learning to do it outside of the church? Does that make sense? So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about what worship is. Now, I will tell you, when I think of worship, I think of people that are really good at singing, and I hope that they are singing louder than me because I like to sing loud. It just isn't pretty. But I think of worship as what we do on stage. And I know this, I love worship. It is one of the most powerful transformation things that we can ever do. But when you look at the scripture of worship, I think out of a whole pitcher of water that God has designed for worship, sometimes we just took a drop. Because here's what worship is. To simply show reverence and adoration. So reverence is this. God, I'm going to choose in my heart to revere your significance, your omnipotence, who you are. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And then adoration is that thing in our heart that goes, and I adore you. I love you. I thank you for every single thing that you've done. But if that's what worship is, why does it only have to be in a building when people are singing? Can't we be reverenced and adored with Jesus and open up heaven through worship in every area of our life? See, I don't, maybe I'm the only one in the room that has taken a platform and has taken a microphone and I made an idol out of it. Maybe none of you have done it. But here's what I thought. This is where the kingdom is built. And God, I, I want to bring people to church so that they can get in front of a platform and a person with a microphone can build the kingdom. Right? Like, I, I don't know about you, but like, I would get so excited if I could just get them to church, if I could just get them here. I want to do everything I could to get them here because I limited worship to this place. And I thought this was going to be the transformation. And can I tell you this? In actually transferring revelation and knowledge, a speaker to a large audience is literally the worst form of transferring information. So now listen, I'm not saying anything that's bad here because I'm not a note taker. And even if I was, I couldn't read it when I'm done. I write like a first grader. It's atrocious. My kids are learning right now. They've already passed me and they're in first and second grade. With that being said, oh, thanks. That's funny. Okay, I see how it is. All right. So if I am speaking and you guys walk away from this and you did not write anything down, studies show you're only going to retain 10% of what I spoke on. Only 10 so 90% of let's just pray to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is speaking here and not me. That means 90% we're going to walk out of this building and it's going to leave our mind. It's going to leave our soul. It's not going to have the ability to transform. But if you would just write it down, it literally jumps from 10 all the way up to 30 to 40%. Oh, wait, this gets better. If you will write it down, if you will listen to it, write it down, and then go talk about it, it jumps all the way to 90% retainage. So... Why should this platform and this microphone be the thing that we're actually looking to change the world in? Because see, you're the church. I like it. You're the church. I'm the church. But what's the role 
of the church. Put up the objective. Put up the, um, it's the Lord's Prayer, but uh, Matthew 6.10. Matthew 6.10 says, this is Jesus going, this is how you pray. Now, he doesn't just mean, like, just say a prayer. He means pray so that it happens. Pray so that it takes place. Pray so that this starts manifesting all around you. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is the objective in there? It doesn't say get everyone inside a building. It says make the entire earth, the entire earth like heaven. So here's my challenge. If you have been like me and you thought this was the significant kingdom builder. If you thought this platform was a kingdom builder, I want to challenge us to repent because I believe that every single person in this room has a platform. Every single person in this room has a microphone. And that's what I want to break down today. One of the things is this. I believe your first platform in your life, it is you. Because what is this platform? It's a place that begins to share the revelation of the goodness of God, of what Jesus has done. And I will tell you, you yourself are a platform. And you've got to take that as a challenge first and foremost. If we want to make this earth look like heaven, you've got to go, I am a platform, and I want to go where the presence of God is because I want to connect with his goodness. I want to study the scriptures to find out who he is. I want to read books of people that are doing signs, wonders, and miracles because I want the revelation of all that heaven is beginning to transform me from the inside out. But then the next question is this, what are our other platforms? And what are, or let me say this, are there heavenly assignments that go with those platforms? And this is what I want to break down. So the next question is this, what is work? Think on that. Is there a clock anywhere that helps me out with time? Up there, 1240. What time? Nope, that is not. That. That's my time. I got, okay, good. We're moving. All right. <laughs> with that being said, platform, what is work? Here's what I'm just going to give a simple explanation of what work is. What you do with the majority of your time during the week. Does that make sense? So I will say, your platform absolutely might be raising kids. Praise God. Absolutely. Incredible. Me and my wife have the goal with our kids. We want our place to be the one to hang out at. We want our place to be the one where everyone wants to bring their friends. Why? It's Yes, there's a little bit that we then can control the environment and trust the situation. But <laughs> all the moms are like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the other thing is this. I want all their friends to, to be experience the kingdom of God, the love of God. So if that's your work, praise God. I love it. But whatever, you're, whatever else is going on in your, whatever you're doing on work, I want to challenge you that that work is literally a heavenly assignment. So everyone say heavenly assignment. All right. So here's what I want to do. Um, I had a light switch. Where'd it go? Here we go. This is one of the things that I just want to make sure that we're not doing in our lives, that we show up to church, we're fired up for Jesus, and we flip that light switch on. All right, Jesus, I'm here for you today, but then we walk out of this building, and we turn the desire to build the kingdom off. Does that make sense? We cannot do that. There is a higher way that we can begin to do that, but here's what I will say. It absolutely is going to be difficult. It's absolutely going to have challenges. I promise you this, it is way easier to just pretend that all is well and declare Jesus in the two hours that we are here together and then switch it off and just do whatever you want outside. 
It will take choice. Now, when I say easier, it's not better. It's absolutely not better in any way. But to be able to make the choice that when I leave here, I believe that God has a heavenly assignment on my life, that what we get here at the hill of discovering Jesus, I have a heavenly assignment to take it beyond these walls. So here's what I want to do. God laid on my heart the story of Joseph. Now here's how the story of Joseph starts. He gets a dream from God. And I want to challenge you right now. If you can accomplish one thing today or one thing this week, I want you to take your work. I want you to take the platform all around your life and go, God, I want to dream with your heart about that platform. So many times we think what we do at work, it's just doing whatever it takes to make money, to pay the bills, to have the food, to have the house. And I'm telling you that is one drop of a pitcher of water of what God has planned for the platform around you at work. But you've got to start to do this. God, I want to dream with you. God, what do you want to do at my workplace? God, I'm going to throw this crazy thing. What do you want to do at the Walmart in our area when we walk in there? Platform. Absolutely a platform. So first off, we've got a dream from God, but if you've heard the story of Joseph, immediately when he dreams from God, he runs into a whole bunch of resistance. Immediately, there are people that started talking about him, backstabbing him, his family didn't understand what he was doing, and they threw him into a pit. But he got a dream from God. But it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be struggles along the way. It doesn't mean that he's not going to have to make significant choices along the way. But here's what I love about Joseph. You get one of the most amazing stories of resilience and determination. And whatever has been thrown his way, he keeps knowing that God is good, that the character of God didn't change, and that God is faithful. So Joseph literally went from the pit. He went to Potiphar's house, where once again, he had an authority over him that lied betrayed, was sneaky. Now, have we ever been there at work? No. Never had a boss, never had a co-worker, lied, betrayed, gossiped. Some of you just got real uncomfortable. That's all right. That's okay. How do we handle it? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. We, we do. We learn these amazing stories in the Bible that can change our lives. But if the characters in the Bible didn't handle things the right way, their stories would have been different. I'm telling you right now, I have went through struggles, hard times, frustrations in trying to build the kingdom in every platform that I've been around. I have learned and been refined and developed so much more from my mistakes than I ever did my successes. I learned more from losses where I did something dumb and wrong, and I had to eat a big old slice of humble pie, and it did not taste good. <laughs> Everything in my stomach said reject. <laughs> but what those moments did is I go, no, 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 no. I did this wrong. There's a better way. I need to apologize. No, no, no. I'm not talking about my boss correctly. I'm not honoring them. I'm not doing what God has told me to do. See, what I wanted to do is to just, it's work. And I've got a bad boss. And I've got bad coworkers. So I'm just going to turn that light off. I'm not going to go after that platform. 
And God goes, do you want your workplace to look like heaven? Do you want your coworkers to know heaven? Now, I will tell you this. Listen, if, if you um, talk about Jesus and wear Jesus t-shirts every single place that you go, praise God, I love it. That's, that's exciting. But the Bible doesn't say that we should be known just for saying the name of Jesus. It said we should be known by love. The Bible says that God is love. Now listen, there's, you, you could meditate on this for hours and will blow your mind. Someone's giving me a signal. Are we okay? We're good? We're, I got to wrap it up? I, I don't know what that means. You're, we're, let it roll. Okay, I like it. All right. So with that being said, we should be known for love. Now, God is love. That doesn't mean that God acts love, acts like love. God puts on love. God did a loving thing. It says that God is love. Now, listen, I'm going to give you one of the most powerful weapons on taking your platform and releasing the kingdom of God over it. And the mystery to me is revealed in the fruit of the spirit, that crazy song we learned as a child. The fruit of the spirit is... Who's singing in their head? Anyone? Just me? Okay. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, thankfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now listen, how many of us have heard those things and go, oh, I would love to be better at that. I should just try to be better. I should just try to be more kinding, kindness. And then you go to that one coworker that drives you crazy or that one boss that you just want to throw your shoe at. Don't do that. The Bible says this. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, thankfulness, etc. Notice it doesn't say just do those. It actually says that they are fruit of the Spirit of God. Now let me ask you, does an apple tree has to strive, grunt, and fight to produce an apple? No, because it is in its very being to produce fruit. Now listen, when you get the Spirit of God inside you, and that happens in worship, that happens at Sunday morning service, that happens at Wednesday Hill Groups, love, joy, peace literally start to come out of you. So I'm going to give you one of the most powerful weapons that you will have when everything in you wants to operate in flesh. Everything in you wants to operate in rebellion. Everything in you wants to get offended hold on to unforgiveness, hold on to bitterness, you do whatever it takes to get in the presence of God. You do whatever it takes to get in the presence of God. That might mean you go take a bathroom break and you play a worship song. That might mean you just start praying under your breath. You just start going, Jesus, help me. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, I need you right now. I'm asking for you to just fill me up. Because when the presence of God takes over, those things literally start to come out of you. What you've got to understand is this. If you think you're going to build your platform of releasing the kingdom of God there through your ability, you are going to fail every single time. But when you do it with the spirit of God and the fruit of the spirit begin to come out, what will happen is this. There are people at your work that they don't know about the goodness of God. They don't know what the presence and the love of God does in our lives. And what they begin to do is operate in their ways. And then all of a sudden, there's this new person on the scene. And when everything is going wrong, they have peace. Now, you think of that at your work. There was a company meeting, and the meeting was dumb. So everyone's talking about everyone that ran the meeting. Oh, but you have love. People are being competitive. People are knocking down, kicking down others. 
and you know the faithfulness and the goodness of God, all of a sudden you become a lighthouse in the middle of darkness. You have light shining out of you that shows the way. That's how we transform the atmosphere. And here's what I want to end on. Worship team, if you can go ahead and come on up, we're going to end on this. If you read the curse in Genesis 3, if you read the curse of what happened through what, 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 what the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden and we had to leave, there was a curse that fell on this earth, that fell on women, fell on men, and fell on the dumb serpent. But one of the things in Genesis 3 when it's talking about the man, and I don't believe he's just talking about men. I believe he's literally talking about work. He talks about when you're trying to grow the wheat, the flour, you're going to grow what you feed your family with. You're going to build the house you live in. It says that you're going to have sweat drip from your brow. And that's because it might be hard and there might be challenges and there is going to be resistance against you. And then it says that there's going to be thorns and thistles that grow up with these plants that are supposed to feed you, nourish you, give you energy, give you strength. But see, Jesus defeated the curse. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Jesus defeated the curse. And that means everything that was in the curse, Jesus took it and says, I'm going to take it on me. And I'm going to die with it because it needs to die. And I'm going to defeat it by raising from the grave. And I'm going to bring the Spirit of God and I'm going to let everyone that wants it have access to the fullness of the curse being broken. But if you go back to the cross, they go, you say, you're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. Take yourself down from that cross. And I can only imagine what Jesus has got going on in his heart. He says he could have called down 10,000 angels to brought him down from that cross at any moment. He had the ability to not have to go through that. And then the people putting him on that cross goes, you think you're the king of kings. I'll show you the king that you are. And they went to a bush that had these thorns this big in it. And they cut those twigs and they cut those sticks and they form this crown to mock him. And they take that crown with thorns and they shove it on his head and those thorns dig into him. And in that moment, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, why are you going through this? Why are you letting them mock you? And why is this happening? And God began to give me the revelation. It is because he wanted to take those thorns that were released in the curse, that hinder you and wear you out and frustrate you and break you down from taking the kingdom of God everywhere you go. And he goes, that time is done. He goes, those thorns, they're on me because I've taken them from you. So listen, here's what I want to pray. A couple things. Number one, dream with God about your platforms. Dream with God about your work. Dream with God about heavenly assignments. And don't just get one drop of water. Ask God, go, God, I want the whole picture. And I hope everything you show me is so much bigger than me because I want to connect with you.
But listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. And if you struggle with this, let me, let my wife Amber, let Pastor Clinton and Ashley pray for you. If all you do is you get hit with fear that it can't be done, that's a thorn. If all you do is get hit with everything that has went wrong and it's not going to go right this time, that's a thorn. And guess what we get to do to those thorns in Jesus' name? We say, be gone. So I'm going to do this. I'm just going to release this to Pastor Clinton, to the worship team, and I just want Holy Spirit to just thicken in this place. Dream with God. And if there are things that are weighing on you, holding you back, in Jesus' name, the curse is gone. The curse is broken. And if you want prayer, we'll have people up here would love to be able to pray for breakthrough, for favor, because I want the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life so your coworkers can see a new way, so your bosses can go, that's the person that I want managing people. That's the person that I need to give the promotion to, to be leading other people because they're different. And that's what Holy Spirit's doing right now. I absolutely love you guys. Just right now, focus on Holy Spirit.
anybody looking around this morning if, first off, I never want to leave a, a service without the opportunity of somebody getting to experience Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, experiencing the, the thorns being taken for them personally. If that's you this morning, could you just lift your hand right where you are? I just want to say a prayer with you really quick. Anybody in the room that want to know Jesus personally this morning? Secondly, maybe maybe today you've been reminded of the fact that it's not just here, but it's everywhere I go. And Jesus didn't bore the cross. He didn't bear the cross so that we could have a good church service, but he bore the cross so that we could share his love everywhere. And I know my hand is up today to declare that I need to do better at sharing his love everywhere. Is there anybody in the house that would agree to say, say, let's, let's just pray. God, I, God, help me to focus more on you and less about my selfish desires. Because God, I just, that's what I feel like personally for me is that I've got my things to do and I've got my tasks to accomplish. But God, help me set me aside, humble myself at the foot of the cross and allow people to see you through me every single day. God, help me pour out your love. Help me give words of encouragement that come from you. Help me give prophetic words to people as I am walking through an aisle in Walmart and I've got two things to get and I've got to get home, but God, stop me in the process and allow me to run into somebody that needs to hear your word. Father, thank you that, thank you that we get to carry you everywhere and it's not just one hour a week on a Sunday. Lord, help us reach for you every hour of every day. Jesus, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you meet us here. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys can be seated this morning. Ushers that are going to help me this morning, would you come and help me? I just uh, feel like I'm supposed to say if you're watching online this morning and God has done something in your life, it's no different than if you're sitting here with us. And uh, I encourage you to chase after Jesus and live to him wholly. So if that's you, uh, just know that, that God is speaking to you today. Amen. I, I'm so thankful, church, that it's not just the, the butts and the seats here, <laughs> but it's it's on the couches at home. It's at the dining room, dining room table at home. It, that Jesus just doesn't, it's not able to just be in this room at the sound of our voices, but he can see us and hear us through a computer at home and lives are being changed. Amen. Father, I thank you so much that we get to give back to your kingdom. God, I pray that um, as we do, and we do it joyfully, and God, we just, um, we give back what you've given us. We bless you with what you've blessed us with. And God, as we do, 
as we do that faithfully, Lord, you just begin to pour out new uh, business ventures and, and you get to pour out new um, job opportunities. And, and God, you bless our families. And God, uh, I think that as we follow you with everything, including our, our ties, God, I believe that you can open up uh, wombs that, that we're not able to, to bear a, a child. And God, you can do all kinds of things as we fully have faith in every aspect of our lives. God, this morning, I'm so thankful that as we give what we can, it's not measured by the amount, it's measured by our heart. So Father, help us give out of our heart this morning. Jesus, in your name we pray.